0: Hey, sorry I'm late. Welcome to 49ers Quality Control. Uh, no All 49ers Show today. Jose's like sleeping or something. Me, I'm just six minutes late. I was having a meeting with myself, trying to get in the in the mode to do a good job today because this is a really serious Quality Control. We just learned new information about Brock Purdy, and now the Niners have to reassess their entire offseason plans because they don't even know when Brock Purdy's going to have his surgery. You know, it's like, let's check again in two week type of deal. Not ready yet. Still waiting on the inflammation to go down. So I want to remind you real quick what Kyle Shanahan said a few weeks ago about the quarterback position. He was asked, uh, I know this is a hypothetical, but when you say you were content with those two guys, Purdy and Lance, does that mean you would not be looking at signing a starter level veteran at all? This was the question. Kyle Shanahan responded, Quote, I know we have two starters on our team right now that I believe we can win with. So when you have that situation, you're not that eager to go looking around. That's what Kyle Shanahan said just a couple of weeks ago. Well, I think it's time for him to get eager to go start looking around. Go look. Time to look. Because the Niners can't let this, they can't have this whole season depend on Brock returning. Because that's a hope and a prayer at this point. We don't know when he's coming back. It looks like best-case scenario, he misses all of training camp and preseason. Let's say he has the surgery on March 7th. Well, that means best-case scenario, he's back September 7th, which is like you know a week before the season starts. And would he be ready to start week one after missing the entire offseason? I don't—probably not. So the Niners have to be looking for a starting-level quarterback because— the Niners do technically have a—I mean, it's hard to say a team has a Super Bowl window before they're have before they set at quarterback, but the Niners have so many expensive veterans on their team who are good, among the best of their position, and they're not going to be here in 2025 necessarily. I feel like the Niners have a two-year window with this particular core, and the core is Trent Williams, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey, Eric Armstead, those, Traverius Ward, those six guys probably aren't going to be on the team in 2025, or, you know, most of them won't be on the team in 2025. So the Niners have invested a whole lot in these six players. They think they're among the best in in the league, and they think that they give them a chance to win a Super Bowl. So do it now. They can't just be waiting on the quarterback position indefinitely and let those six guys totally waste away in their prime. So if Brock Purdy comes back, great. If Trey Lance takes the next step, great. I like Trey Lance. But the Niners haven't been able to keep him healthy. The way they use Trey Lance, he's gotten hurt twice in four games. And what's funny is they said Lance needs to prove that he can stay healthy because which is weird, right? Like they don't play him at quarterback. They run him. They ran him 16 times against Arizona. He got hurt. And they ran him uh, up the middle against Seattle. He got hurt. And it's almost like they're saying like, look, you know, he's not ready. This is how we have to play him. Oh, he got hurt. Oh, it's on him. Like, it's almost like they don't want to do that project anymore. And then with Brock, they're like, oh, he's not, he's not injury prone at all. He just, he just had a fluke injury. Well, whatever. However you want to think about it in your mind. He also got injured on his first start. I saw two injuries in eight starts. But whatever you want to call it, you don't know when he's coming back. You don't know what he's going to be. Even though Kyle Shanahan can wish as much as he wants that Brock's going to be just fine. So how will the Niners proceed at quarterback going forward? They got to bring in a a guy who can start next season. And you're thinking, is it Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think they're going to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo. That sounds like a breakup. I don't think Jimmy wants to come back. I don't think Kyle wants him back. I don't think the Niners are going to be offering much more than a one-year deal, right? They'll offer someone a one-year deal with incentives. Probably with a very low base salary because the idea is you're the backup quarterback this is trey lance's shot to start he gets first crack at at, at starting and he's going to get all the first team reps it's not a quarterback competition you're just sort of waiting for your opportunity so um who fits that like i don't does could the niners afford ryan Tannehill or Derek carr or daniel Jim? probably not we're looking for a one-year contract with mostly incentives a guy who's an who's okay being number two in the depth chart to start the offseason? Who's that? I think there's three potential guys who are still on teams, but probably will get cut soon. And that's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota and Mitchell Trubisky. These are all guys who have started, had success. They're good athletes with strong arms. Um, they're a lot better than Nate Sudfeld or Josh Johnson or Nate or C.J. Beathard or anyone else who knows the system. I don't want Kyle Shanahan to bring in some third-string quarterback just because he knows the system. I mean, Kyle's a good teacher. He can teach it. Bring in the best quarterback available. Because when asked, Kyle Shanahan said, hold on, let me see. Did I, lo- Did I lose it? Basically, he was asked, what kind of quarterback are you going to be looking for that you do bring in? And he just says, you know, someone who fits the structure of our team and our salary cap, but the best one available. Okay, you can't tell me that those three aren't the best ones available at the price point. One year, $2 million with incentives. It's got to be one of those three guys, I'm thinking. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky. I think I would rank them in that order. Now, Jameis Winston did throw a lot of pass, thrown a lot of picks, but he also thrown a lot of touchdown passes too. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl the same year he led the league in interceptions. I mean, I, I'm look, I, I want a quarterback on this team that you think can throw 40 touchdowns in a season because the last few touchdowns, the last few guys who won a Super Bowl have, won, have each thrown 40 touchdowns in a season. You got to be really putting up points through the air. The interceptions aren't don't matter that much unless you're throwing 30. Which Jameis did do one time. But could Jameis throw 40 touchdown passes in a season with the Niners? I don't know. It's a lot of good weapons here. He's never A lot of these quarterbacks haven't played on a team with this many weapons. So, yeah, it's risky coming to the Niners as a quarterback because you're probably going to get hurt. But Jameis gets hurt. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks get hurt anyway. So they could think, you know what, I'll go to the Niners, I'll sign a one-year deal, I'll bet on myself, and I'll just wait for my opportunity, banking on it. It's probably going to come, knowing what happens with this team. And then when I get out there, I got McCaffrey, Debo, you Kittle. How can I lose? How can I miss? I've never been in a uh, – suddenly I'll be winning. I'll be putting up great numbers. I'll be the offensive player of the week. And even if I don't have a future with the Niners, this will jumpstart my career. So I think there's going to – I think the Niners have a, an interesting pitch that they can make to certain vets. Um, hey, man, take a little bit less. Come here. Be a backup, you know. Only person in front of you is a guy with four career starts and two career injuries. Just wait. Or you could go sign a three-year, two-year deal with the Raiders and get replaced eventually by whoever they draft. I think that's what the Niners got to do. They got options. Shouldn't be a tough, this Shouldn't be a tough one. But if they just hope and pray that Brock Purdy's coming back and Trey Lance will be the answer, they're in trouble because then they're getting worse at the quarterback position. Last year they had Jimmy, who isn't good enough, but he's like this safety blanket kind of thing where you know you can at least be respectable with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners are flirting with, you know, being at the. Going back to 2020. Remember 2020? They had that really great team, but they had to start CJ Bethard and Nick Mullins, and it just, they weren't starting level quarterbacks. The Niners need three starting level quarterbacks this year. Three. They have two. That's not enough. They need to have three. They can get three. They can absolutely get a starting level quarterback for a one-year deal with mostly incentives cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo. Let Jimmy Garoppolo go somewhere else. I think he wants to get a multi-year deal. I think he wants to prove the Niners. Go to, go to the Raiders. I think he's going to end up with the Raiders. But oh, Go wherever. Go to the Jets. But he needs to leave. I think the Niners can get someone for cheaper than him. They ended up paying him $10 million. I think the Niners can get someone for $2 million. I'd rather have Jameis Winston for $3 million than Jimmy Garoppolo for ten. million. Same with Mariota. Same with, same with Trubisky. Because ultimately, it's still about Trey Lance. You still want Trey Lance to take the job and do well. You're not trying to replace Trey Lance. You're just trying to have contingencies. And the contingency can't just be Brock. He'll be fine. You don't know. So there has to be a contingency. It can't be someone with two career starts. It can't be Jared Stidham. It can't be Nate Sudfeld. It has to be a legitimate contingency. It can't be another rookie from this draft. Aren't you kind of afraid that Kyle's going to draft another quarterback? Like, he's the guy who drafted Um, C.J. Beathard with like pick 103 or whatever 104, he drafted Kirk Cousins at 102. He's got picks 99, 100, and 101 this year. How much you want to bet one of those picks is going to be a quarterback? How much you want to bet he's going to draft Tanner McKee from Stanford? You know he will. The least athletic quarterback in the draft, the heaviest footed quarterback in the draft, the play-action passing quarterback in the draft. You know John Lynch loves him over at Stanford. Stanford, have you seen Tanner McKee play? Under center, turns his back to the defense, good scheme fit, pretty strong in the pocket, tall, mobile enough. So I, I wouldn't do that. I don't think bringing in third rookie court, because I look at Brock Purdy and Trey Lance as essentially being rookies. Until you have more than 16 starts in the NFL, you're essentially a rookie. So those two are rookies, you bring in a third rookie, and that's going to get you over the hump. That's going to uh, bring a Super Bowl to your veteran win-now team of Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Tavarius Ward, George Kittle. I don't know. You might want to bring in some experience. Just, you know, spice it up. Go back and look at Jameis Winston's one little half season that he had with Sean Payton. He was playing really well. Last year, he he was playing for Dennis Allen, who is an awful coach. Really bad. And again, look at Geno Smith in Seattle. Don't you think Jameis would look... Jameis is better than Geno Smith. I'm going to say that. Jameis is better than Geno. The Niners have more talent on offense than the Seahawks, although the Seahawks have a pretty good offensive line. I think Jameis could throw for 4,500 yards on this team. When's the last time the Niners had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards in a season? Jeff Garcia? I think this guy could throw for 35 touchdowns for 40. Jameis. Now, the question is, can can the Niners keep him healthy? No, they can't keep any quarterback healthy. That's why you bring in more, more bodies. Corey Soto says there's this weird Freudian phenomenon among some faithful who want to believe everything Kyle says to feel safe and secure. Kyle Shannon is not your parent. And he's not reliable. He says stuff and he's proven wrong immediately. He just says stuff. He'd just be saying stuff. Move on. This was on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, but I saw it. Jawan Jennings and Tariq Woolen chirping at each other. I started off with Jawan Jennings telling Tariq Woolen that he needs to like basically be quiet. And then if he's not playing cover three, he's getting... He's getting—it's a buffet. People are gonna eat. Then Tariq Woolen turned back and said, "Man, you're the only wide receiver who talks. You better keep blocking hard and running those short routes. You're a freaking tight end," is what he called him, which I thought was funny. So, who won this exchange, Tariq Woolen or Jawan Jennings? I thought both of them got some pretty good digs in. I think both of them are essentially right. Tariq Woolen, good. But he's not sauce Gardner in man-to-man coverage. He's good in that scheme. He's really good in zone, which is good. I mean, that's Fred Warner on the Niners. He's really great in zone coverage. He's not as great in man-to-man coverage. There's value in that. So Jennings is right. And then Willen's right. Like Jennings, you're essentially a tight end. You're in a 4-7-2 and your primary contribution to the offense is blocking. So I thought that was a funny exchange. And I think it's nice to have that rivalry start spark up again. Those are two of the better players in the team. Tariq Woolen's really good. Jawan Jennings doesn't get enough respect. So Tariq Woolen calling Jennings a tight end made me giggle. But then I was thinking, you know, that's not even a diss. Jawan Jennings, if you think about it, is essentially like a 215-pound tight end. You know who he is? He's Jordan Reed. Remember Jordan Reed? He came to the Niners for that last season, and he was pretty much washed at that point. He never really got to flourish in the nfl because he had so many concussions but he was really good he was 6'3, 230 pounds and he was he ran a four seven he wasn't an overwhelming athlete but he was just a really good route runner and he would catch a lot of first downs and he would keep the chains moving and he was really good and he wasn't much of a blocker so he was 235 pounds he didn't move anyway he wasn't really a block he was a receiver that they called a tight end he was a move tight end D- does Kyle Shanahan not use Jawan Jennings the exact same way he used Jordan Reed that year? You know, kind of floating around the line of scrimmage, blocking, and then catching those 10-yard passes. Where is he breaking in? Is he breaking out? I don't know. He's open. He's big. So he's 20 pounds lighter than Jordan Reed, but he's probably a better blocker than Jordan Reed ever was. Calling Jordan Reed a tight end was probably a stretch to begin with. So either... I don't know. I, I kind of like thinking of Jawan Jennings as a tight end. And was funny is he could put up Jordan Reed numbers. There were, there, were number, there were years where Jordan Reed had 11 touchdowns or he had a season where he had 11 touchdowns. He might've had a thousand yards too, but I feel like Jawan Jennings could do that, but he's never going to get the opportunities on this team because Kyle Shanahan has made so many investments into other weapons and he has to justify the investment. So all the touches have to go to McCaffrey, Debo and Kittle every game, not to mention Ayuk, who he traded up to get in round one. That's another one. So those are four guys that Kyle Shanahan has to feature. And then there's Kyle Juszczyk, too, who's gotten two contracts with the 49 They've given him millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's five guys that Kyle Shanahan has to keep feeding just so he doesn't look stupid when he goes to Jed and asks for more money for these players. So Jawan Jennings is the odd man out when really he has the skill set to be a difference maker, I think, to be one of the more impact-receiving tight ends in the league he could be a Pro Bowl tight end. They should, they should just make him a tight end. You know how Jordan Matthews went from being a big slot receiver to a tight end? I think that could be Jawan Jennings right now. Just reclassify him as a tight end. All of a sudden, boom, he'll make more money. He'll go to the Pro Bowl. I should be Jawan Jennings' agent. I'm all over his career. I'm, all, I'm always thinking about what's best for Jawan. I'm always, I'm always got the back of the player on the offense, on Kyle's offense, who's the low man on the pecking order, who's not making that much money. Ross Dwelly, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason. Because these guys are really good, and they don't get any love. So I want him to get some love. Hold on. Got some, got some comments. Mariota or Winston? Man, that's a tough one. I would... I feel like Mariota's a better runner, so he could kind of like supercharge the Niners' rushing attack, but Winston's a better passer, and I, I don't think you're going to run run to a Super Bowl victory in 2023. You got to pass. You got to throw for a lot of touchdown passes. And I think Winston can do that. So I would probably go Winston over Mariota. Um, yeah, I would, I would probably do that. What you talking about, Willis, is remember in 2019 we thought it was crazy to sign a third quarterback, a roster, to sign a third QB, a roster spot. Now we need four. I know, um, it's crazy. It's probably would be better to just as adjust the scheme and invest in the offensive line. But until the Niners do that, they really got to just bring in bodies and count on quarterbacks getting injured. Kev F says there's no quarterback the Niners can get that can beat Mahomes in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Need to score 45 plus points to beat the Chiefs. McKinnon stopped short. Well, you have to keep trying because you also have to acknowledge that Kyle Shanahan can't, wouldn't identify one of these quarterbacks. It, it, you know He can't identify who could do it. If there was one available, so keep bringing in guys. He didn't think Geno Smith could do anything. Geno Smith's over there, you know, in, in a Pro Bowl. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan hasn't produced a Pro Bowl quarterback yet. You're not going to beat the Chiefs holding them with defense and running. The Niners tried. You can't. The only way to beat him is with an elite pat offense, and the Niners have a close to an elite offense. They certainly have elite playmakers. Grant, the Niners need Lance to prove himself, period. The window is closing, and Shanahan is the Mark Levy and Marty Schottenheimer of the NFL, says Stewart. Yeah, man, these next two years are really crucial for Kyle. He's got to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, I would think. Otherwise, in 2025, this team's going to have to reload. Jason Lutz says, Taylor Lewin just got released. Could he be a right tackle option? 10-year pro, nine-time pro bowler who's mulling retirement. He could be an affordable short-term guy. I think he's going to retire. He could come here. But you know Santa Clara, it's, he probably doesn't. Not probably not from here. I don't know. It's High taxes. How much are the Niners really going to pay him? He's older. Sure, but does he, do he want to play right tackle? I don't know. We'll see. I doubt it happens. Let's talk teams who are on the Niners' heels in the NFC. Um, did I spell heels correctly? I don't know. So it's the Niners and the Eagles, obviously, at the top of the NFC. Uh, those are the two best teams. Which teams possibly could join them as contenders? Last year, remember, the Eagles were just 9 and 8. So teams improve quickly. And the Niners have, really haven't improved much the last four years. They've been very good the last four years, except for 2020 when they were injured. They've been kind of trying to keep their core together as much as possible haven't tried to add on much to it. There's always going to be teams adding. They're going to join the party. That was the Eagles last year. Is there anyone else that's going to be doing that this year? Well, there's the Cowboys. The Cowboys did give the Niners problems. And as long as they have Micah Parsons on a rookie deal, they're a problem. Micah Parsons is as good as any player on defense in the NFL. They have, they're really good in the trenches Although their offensive tackles are really old, that's the thing with Dallas. Their offensive tackles are really old, and Dak is a problem. Dak is a real problem. Uh, He's not the same quarterback he was before the injuries. He turns the ball over too much. He loses games for them. So if they could, you know, get some new offensive tackles and a new quarterback, uh, and maybe another weapon on offense, I'd say, yeah, that's a team that's that's improving. But are they improving? Are they, or are they kind of the same? Are they kind of stuck? I don't know about Dallas. I feel like they might fall back a little bit. Like, where what's Tony Pollard going to be like after his injury? I don't know about Dallas. The two teams I'm looking at are, well, you got the Giants as well. The Giants are interesting. But who's their quarterback going to be? Are they going to give Daniel Jones $45 million a year just to keep continuity? Or are they going to get rid of him and try to bring in someone else? Like, are they going to go after Jameis Winston or Mitchell Trubisky? So try to do something like that. Remember, Brian Dayball did coach Mitchell Trubisky for a season in Buffalo. So what are they going to do at quarterback? Who are, they, who are their wide receivers going to be? Was that season just a flash in the pan? Like that roster legitimately isn't good. So I'm curious to see what, what they can do to add. The two teams that I feel like are really in position to add and make a leap are Detroit and Seattle. Let's start with Detroit. Detroit finished the season on a tear. I think they lost two. They won, like, they won a bunch of their last few games. I don't have them in front of me right now. They lost two games over the last couple of months, three months. What do they have? They have a really good offensive line. They have three first-round picks on their offensive line. Two first-round picks at offensive tackle: Taylor Decker and um, Penasul. And they got a first-round pick at center, Frank Ragnow. Really good. Then they got—I don't—I forget how to pronounce the guy's name, but Vitae at one guard spot and um, another another guard. Who's anyway? They have a really good offensive line. That's a good start. Not to mention a good running game, a good wide receiver. And Amon Ross, St. Brown, and they have Jared Goff, who's obviously good, not great. Had a good season last year, but not great. On defense, they're awful. But they were nine and eight last year, just like the Eagles the year before. And they're good on offensive line. They have a really good offense. That's the thing about Detroit; they had the fifth-rated offense in the league. What you need in the NFL is a great offense and a good defense. So all you have to all they have to do is improve their defense a little bit. And you can improve your defense very quickly in the NFL. What do they have in Detroit? They have Aiden Hutchinson on, on the D-line. They also have two first-round picks this year. So they're going to get another impact D-line player on a rookie deal. They're gonna, they already have uh, Jeff Okuda, a young impact corner, and Kirby Joseph, who the Niners could have had, but they took Ty Davis Price instead, uh, safety rookie last year who had four picks. So that defense is young. Young defenses can improve very quickly. If that defense goes from awful to middle of the pack, they have an elite offense. Now, so let's just say they take the best D end available with their first first round pick. With their second first round pick, number 18, they could take a quarterback. Let's say the Lions get Anthony Richardson. Now they're kind of like the Niners. You know, they have their steady veteran quarterback, and they have this project who could be ready in a year or two. and he would, super, I mean, Anthony Richardson. The thing about him is he is 235 pounds. He runs a 4.4.8. He's going to, he might be a better running quarterback than Justin Fields. He might be the best running quarterback we've ever seen. He's going to be a better running quarterback than Trey Lance. So that's a team that's really poised to improve. Two first round picks. Uh, another team that has two first round picks is Seattle. And again, look at Seattle, really good offensive line. They drafted two starting tackles last year, they're both really good. They have two good uh, guards, Damian Lewis and Gabe Jackson, and a serviceable center. They also have a uh, quarterback in Geno Smith, who's in the Pro Bowl last year. Good, not great. They're going to have to give him an extension, and it'll be expensive, but probably the first two seasons of that extension won't be uh, expensive. He'll probably have low cap numbers because of the salary, because of the signing bonus. So they'll have a little bit of a window there. Good running back, good tight end, two good wide receivers. What they need is a defense, but they have Pete Carroll. They have two first-round picks this year. They're going to get uh, an edge rusher. They're going to they're they're get Jamal Adams back. They're going to get Jordan Brooks back. They're going to be better next year. So those are two young teams that are coming on strong and are going to be factors next year. Um, and while the Niners are so locked into the, the team they have, they're not going to be really trying to improve on it very much. they got to be looking for these teams. Seattle, Detroit. Philly has two first-round picks as well. They got the, what, the 10th pick in the draft and the 30th pick in the draft. So the three teams that are the biggest threats to the Niners in the NFC have a combined six first round picks while the Niners have no picks in the top 98. That's kind of scary. Niners better make some moves in free agency because these three teams are coming. You gotta have any, here's why, here's the thing of the difference between those three teams and the Niners. Say what you want about Detroit, Philly, and um, Seattle for next year. All three of those teams have excellent offensive lines and stability at the quarterback position. I'm not saying they have excellent quarterbacks, Philly does, Philly has an excellent quarterback position, but all three have excellent offensive lines and stability at the quarterback position. You can't say that about the Niners. The Niners don't have an excellent offensive line. They don't have stability at the quarterback position. So that makes the Niners pretty volatile. They could be the best team in the league next year, or things could go, things could go sideways. Things could go real, real left. Speaking of that, what's the NFC team most likely to fall off this season? I'm thinking like last year, Green Bay. We kind of saw that coming. They'd been in the playoffs. They'd missed their opportunity. They'd been one seeds. They'd been in the NFC championship. How many runs are they going to make before they just fell apart? And then they fell apart. And now they're they're reloading. Which is going to be that team this year? You know, it could be Dallas. They've been in the playoffs the last few years. Uh, Dak Prescott seems to be getting worse. They could fall apart. Although, as long as they have Micah Parsons on that, as long as they have that pass rush, it's a good defense. They might not be going anywhere. Let's be frank. Of all the teams in the NFC that are most likely to have a rapid falloff, at least for one year, it's the 49ers, which is rough. I'm not saying they will, but th- there's a scenario where things go bad for them. Look at it. They're going to lose Jimmy Garoppolo and Mike McGlinchey most likely. And I don't think much of those players, but it's possible they leave and the Niners don't, imp- don't upgrade on either one. It's possible the Niners go into next season weaker on the offensive line and at the quarterback position than last season, because last season they had Purdy, Lance, and Jimmy, and the only one of them coming off an injury was Jimmy. This year they have Purdy and Lance, and both of them are coming off injuries, and Jimmy's gone. So right now they're weaker at the quarterback position. Then the offensive line, Brendel could leave, McGlinchey could leave. I'm not saying resign him. I, they should leave, but the Niners need to upgrade at those two spots. Will they, or are they going to get? Are they going to let Nick Saquell? be the starting center are they going to let Jalen Moore be the starting right tackle you know maybe those guys will be serviceable and cheaper and it allow them to splurge at other positions but if the Niners really weaken themselves at in my opinion the two most important positions on the offense boy this season could get bad what if they go through quarterbacks what if what if Purdy doesn't come back in time what if Lance gets hurt again who are they going to be playing at quarterback that it could be 2020 all over again so the way the Niners prevent that from happening is seriously invest in the offensive line and bring in more bodies of quarterback. They only, the Niners organizationally seem like they're only comfortable spending 15% of their salary cap on the offensive line. That seems outdated. They spend 5% more on their defensive line. That seems outdated. This, I mean, unless the Niners can get a bunch of really good offensive linemen on their rookie deal. Seattle doesn't spend very much on their offensive line. They spend on Gabe Jackson, but everyone else is essentially on rookie deals. But the Niners don't have those top picks. The, the Lions spend like $60 million a year on their offensive line. The, the Eagles spend like $55 million a year, $60 million a year on their offensive line. Why wouldn't the Niners do that? You're not spending on quarterbacks. You're spending a lot of money on running backs and wide receivers. On one running back and one wide receiver. Who kind of are the same player. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Got to spend more on this offensive line. Got to figure out a way. What they really should do is trade up for a starting right tackle and sign a starting center. That's what I would do. You could resign sign Brendel. I mean, Brendel wasn't bad, right? If you can upgrade on Brendel, fine, but he was a Pro Bowl alternate. Get, let McGlinchey go and, and trade up for a starting right tackle in, in the top of round three. The Seahawks found a starting right tackle in the top of round three last year. The Niners should be able to do it. Or or sign one, I don't care. (laughs) Let's talk about the right tackle position. we We just did, right? I don't want to. Let's talk about the Niners draft strategy. The Niners get themselves in trouble early in the draft when they draft for need. Now, they don't have an early draft pick this year. Maybe that'll save them. But in the past... They drafted Mike McGlinchey with the ninth pick because they let Trent Brown go and needed to replace him. So in the process, they passed on Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick, all pros, so they could take a serviceable right tackle in the top 10. That can't happen anymore. And then two years later, later, they drafted Javon Kinlaw with the 14th pick because they had to replace DeForest Buckner. In the meantime, they passed on Tristan Wirfs and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the league. And they did this because they had to take, they were drafting for need. They needed, the Niners, you draft for need later in the draft. Last year, they took Ty Davis Price in the third round because they felt they needed another running back after losing Raheem Mostert and and signing Debo Samuel to a big extension. Well, you reached on Ty Davis Price by about a full round and took him over Kirby Joseph, who is now a playmaking player starting safety for the Lions who are who is now a rival of yours who their rival of yours stop drafting for need so early don't <laughs> that's all I have to say about your draft strategy you do that so well later in the draft why would you do that in round one two and three when you can do it in rounds five six and seven and you do it so well you need to find a starting safety you find it in round five or starting running back you find them around six they didn't need to draft tight of his price last year. They had Jordan Mason waiting for them after the draft. So I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth right now. I'm saying they should trade up for a right tackle, but they also shouldn't draft for need. <laughs> don't draft for need too. don't reach for need. How about, how about that? Don't reach for need. If the Niners can trade up for a guy that's falling great, but don't reach for need. Like you have with these top picks because that was Dante Pettis too. That was Dante Pettis too. And I feel like it's a lot of times it's Kyle Shanahan being like, I have to have this guy. He's perfect for my—I have to have Mike McGlinchey. He's perfect for my offense. No, you don't. I still can't get over the Niners trading DeForest Buckner. Really, he should be on this team. It should be him and Bosa for life, for life. And that brings me to my last topic, trades and extensions. The the Niners are really— focused on building a culture like it's 1995 and keeping your core group of players together. But they keep the core group keeps growing and they keep adding guys who are making like more than seven, $8 million a year. And I feel like this is going to come back to bite them eventually where they have an upper class of players and no depth. So the one guy they traded, which is amazing to me to Buckner, that's the one guy they were like, you know what? You're good, but we don't. you're not worth what we would have to pay you. So they traded him for Kinlaw. Hmm. Really, Buckner was worth it. And of all the players that should be cornerstone pieces on the Niners defense, this should only be three. It should have been Buckner, Bosa, and Fred Warner. That's it. Those are the only guys on your defense who should be making more than $15 million a year. You know, Treverius Ward is good, but he's not great. You know, there there are guys you could get on rookie deals who are just as good as Traverius Ward. Like, good player, but $17 million a year for Traverius Ward, really? I mean, the Chiefs didn't think so. They let him go. They replaced him, won a Super Bowl. No problem. Replace him with someone similarly athletic, much cheaper. Thank you very much, Traverius. Goodbye. That's how the Chiefs are. They're much less sentimental. They basically act like they have a core of five, five players. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Justin Reed, a quarterback, a go-to receiver, a 2D lineman, and someone in the secondary. That's the core of your team. You can't extend everyone. Meanwhile, what's the core of the Niners team? They have five on each side of the ball. On offense, they got Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel. And then Ayuk's coming up. Ayuk will be six. On defense, they have Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Treverius Ward. And then Tyler Noah Hafunga will be six. That's too much. At a certain point, you got to say like, look, man, you're good, but we can't pay everyone. And that was the whole logic with the DeForce Buckner trade. Hey, look, man, you're good, but we can't trade everyone. So instead of having just you, we'd rather have Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and Jimmy Ward. Well, I would have taken, as much as I love Jimmy Ward, I would have taken Buckner think Buckner was truly a special player like Bosa and Warner. The rest, good. Like D Ford, really good. Uh, Chiefs traded him. Traverius Ward, really good. Chiefs let him go to take comp pick. The Niners have to be more willing to sort of let guys go and trade him. Even if they feel it's going to upset the locker room or the Cabo click. It's a business. It's not a family that vacations together in the offseason. There needs to be more separation. They just happen to be in Cabo at the same time every year. Okay. Like in retrospect, they should not have extended Debo Samuel. In retrospect, they should have traded Debo. They don't need to be spending $25 billion a year on one wide receiver. Wide receiver is a position where you need depth. You need four good wide receivers. You don't need one great one. Debo isn't even one great one. He's a gadget guy making $25 million a year. You need four good ones. Look at at Kansas City. They have four good ones, no great wide receivers. They have a great tight end. The Niners have a great tight end. They don't need to be spending for Debo. He's redundant. Kittle and McCaffrey essentially do everything Debo does, and the Niners are paying big money for him. He should have been traded. Kittle was a good extension. He's a tight end. Tight ends are criminally underpaid. That is crazy to me. How you could be a number one wide receiver on a team, but technically you're a tight end, so you get like running back money, that's crazy. So yeah, that's he earns his money when he's healthy. Trent Williams, best left tackle in the league. Nick Bosa, best edge rusher in the league. Fred Warner, best, full, uh, best linebacker in the league. These guys are all worth it. Eric Armstead, they never should have extended Eric Armstead. They're giving him $20 million a year to be a run stuffer. He's not an impact player like that. That was a bad extension. Uh, check's fine. He doesn't make that much money. Greenlaw's fine. He doesn't make that much money. But Treverius Ward, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, fine. But you couldn't have found a guy to draft that good. He was undrafted. Like you have most, I don't know. He's fine. He's fine. But I still feel like the, you you gotta stop giving away big money contracts to guys who aren't super duper impact players. Super-duper impact players are Buckner, Bosa, Warner, Trent Williams, Kittle. You know, Armstead, eh, no. Debo, he was for one year. He needed to prove it a second year. He's had one super-duper impact season. I don't know if he'll ever have another one. McCaffrey at $12 million, I don't mind it. It's okay. Considering he's healthy and he play, he's a pro's pro. You don't have to worry about him. But with all their spending at tight end at running back, they should be going cheap at wide receiver. They should have four wide receivers on their rookie deals who are good. That's what I think. So now they got to figure out what are they going to do with McGlinchey? Do they extend him? No. Stop being sentimental. No. Do you extend Emmanuel Mosley? Probably not. You'd like to, but you can't extend everyone. Trust in your ability to draft and develop these players. You're, so, you're like the best team in the league at it. No one is better at taking day three picks and making them impact players. So why are you so sentimental about players that you've developed? Have confidence that you can do it again. No one develops linebackers better than the Niners. No one develops running backs better than the Niners. Kyle Shanahan is a wide receiver guru. Or is he? I don't know. Seemed like last year, the genius, Kyle Shanahan, was struggling and the solution was trade a million picks for Christian McCaffrey, who is good. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got for today. Trades and extensions. Everyone's talking about like five players in 19 to extend this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How about bringing some new players, man? The Niners are always so con fixated on we have the best team we just have to keep our team together meanwhile all these other teams are going to be adding Lions got two first round picks Eagles got two first they're not sitting on their hands they're not you know checking at the poker table Noah Wood says I don't think Kyle realizes how good B.A. is next season would love to see more targets I truly believe B.A. could be top five wide receiver but doesn't get the chances and when he gets separation no finish well, yeah. I mean, again, the, the the Niners with these extensions, they're so invested in Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey. Like they have to; those three have to get the minority of the touches. Ayuk has to come forth because of the money. in In uh, I want to say in twenty twenty four, which is kind of the last year of this of the window of this team, this particular team with all these McCaffrey's last year in the team. McCaffrey be making 12 million. Kittle would be making almost 20. That's 32 between those two. And then Debo's cap number will be 28. That'll be $60 million between those three guys. So, yeah, Ayuki wants more targets. Sorry, man. The Niners have really locked themselves into that trio Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle. That's the trio for the two, next two years. They got to make it work. They're locked into this. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'm pretty sure Ryan Hensley is going to go live on his channel after this. You should go check it out. Ha here he is. Which quarterback should the Niners draft, sir? Well, the way I look at it is you got Brock, you got Lance. I think they should sign Jameis or Marcus Mariota or Trubisky. So those are your three quarterbacks right there. Then you just need a fourth one for the practice squad. So sign one as an undrafted free agent or draft one in round seven. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's my guy from UCLA. And I don't see anyone talking about him getting drafted. I know a lot of people also like Jake Hainer from Fresno State. He's from Danville. So a lot of times, Nate Sudfeld was from where? Somewhere out here in the East Bay. If you gotta be on the practice squad, you don't make that much money. You know, he could live at home with his folks. His mom is Julie Hainer who who is the nighttime anchor at KTVU. The uh, channel two, local channel two station out here. So he could be on the practice squad. He could live at home. He could drive to, he could commute with his mom. Jake Hayner could work out. I support, best player available though, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Everyone go check out Ryan Hensley. I gotta go. Thanks for watching. I'll be back tonight with Jesse Naylor. See you guys.